Do you have Do you have your beers with you? Yeah, yeah, that I did correctly. And it, the, definitely the Beaver Town and the Moor. Woo. Oh. <laughs> hey, Joel, why don't you hold the labels towards yourself? <laughs> nice. Good, good. And right. wait for it. Wait for it. Ooh, classy. I've only gone for the one this evening. Oh, really? No. No, no mastectomy for me. I've got both cups. Nice. Oof. Rance, rancid, but nice. Yeah. Not, not even good for bloopers, I don't think. <laughs> right, let's go, let's go. Welcome to Tanks Up. I'm Ben Nother, and I'm joined here by the luscious Lucy Yearwood. Oh, no, I'm not. Um, Look who it is. I, 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 I was going to do a um, like a, a fake lady's voice, but of course, Lucy doesn't have a high pitched voice, and I don't even know. I, I did so. I was like, "Hello, oh god, that's wrong." <laughs> Just um, completely wrong. Yeah. Of course, it's Adol Kurji. Yeah, I'm back from Ooh. outer space with that look upon my face. Yeah. I'll close the door behind you next time so you can never get back in. Um, yes, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm back and I don't have marking to do anymore or any of that jazz. So Yeah. That's good. Uh, nice, man. The Bristopia and hopefully no more missed episodes, but you know, life. Yeah, it, it happens, it happens. Um, we're going to drink a couple of beers this week. We've got two canned beers mm-hmm. to drink through. Um, we're also going to obviously talk about the games we've been playing. And we might have a little bit of beer chat as well. Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, yeah, we definitely will. <laughs> what like, we... wait, you changed things on me last minute? Yeah. We shall start with the Beavertown Lupaloid. IPA. Is that how you would say it? Lupaloid? Uh, yeah, I mean... Lupaloid? I think, well, so when I first read it, and because it has monsters, I thought maybe, uh, like, like Lupin, like, um... Mm. Uh, Werewolf. Werewolves, but it's really more like a, a blob with claws. It so. is. It's a, it's a massive green, or there's several green blobs with claws. Um, nice... Nice pink fluorescent sparkly can with some very green, almost hop monsters on. Yeah, and um, what's um what's really unique is the the um the top of the tin is also this neon pink, and then the tab pull tab pull tab, is it? Yeah, it's a pull tab. Yeah, um, yeah. is is that is a gorgeous green color. It is. It is. Um, but uh, it's really rare to see the the top of the tin uh being not uh you know, well. Not just aluminum, although not, yeah, yeah, the bottom is still aluminum. So it is, yes. Um, so this is uh, an IPA. On the Beaver Town cans, you don't get much of description, but we know that it is six point seven percent in volume. Uh, the can also features the little um, spacemen that the Beaver Town cans normally um, normally have on them. Um, if you've ever had a gamma ray. They have a, a space skeleton in a space suit on the can. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the same space suits on this one. So keeping um, up a good aesthetic. And uh, as always, I will try and find something on the, I was trying to find something on the can to comment on. But of course, Beavertown's got these um, great um, murals basically on, on their cans, like, yeah. like the weird loopaloid thing. But it also tells us on the back that not only is it recyclable, recyclable but is one pant yes a lot of cans tell you that they're one pant or pant one cur i don't know what the cur is no i'm not really sure what the pant is well so you know when you rip your underwear <laughs> in half yeah yeah it stops being pants i see it not not sort of by a, a fifth then just in half uh yeah because it has to be a whole, you know, a whole pant has to be removed. Yeah, yeah. Right, this beer, it's it's a very light colour. It's got a bit of orange to it. Yeah. A little um, hint, but go on. Quite, um, uh, I was going to say, it's got a nice 
very nice light head on it, very small. It was just the right amount of sort of carbonation just to put a little bit of head on it. Yeah, you've not yeah. got that's not a massive one. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, do this is something I rarely do, but in this well lit room, uh, looking up through the glass into the head, it's it's really quite consistent. I don't see a breakthrough. It you can see yeah, that it's, it's it's a proper solid head that you don't you know often see in the pub in um in England. Yeah, a little a little. Uh... A little opaque. Yeah. A little, little hazy, perhaps. Hazy is a good word. Yeah, it's not yeah. cloudy. You can see through it, but it's it's got definitely got that haze. Mm. It um, uh, definitely has that uh very light citrus sort of hop. Um, yeah, coming yeah. through. It does. It's it's got that nice fruity sort of smell on the um on the nose. Yeah, and that sort of a, a light um, it's a, it's a little sweet um, as well as. I guess like, hmm, kind of like a skunky clementine. That's the smell I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the in the flavor as well, you've got a nice, you always describe the finish first because that's what you're left with when you start talking, isn't it? But it's got a nice dry, slightly bitter finish. Not, oh, that's not really nice. Bitter, but it's got a lovely, lovely foretaste. Mm-hmm. Then they're quite distinct, the two, but the transition mm. is is... Um, not sort of. It's not. It's not noticeable. Like, it's not like the dryness suddenly kicks in. It seems to, the force sort of melts into the after in a very um, yeah yeah way. very much very much, and it's it is that sort of. It's not quite the sort of grapefruit flavor. It's a bit more maybe melony sort of cantaloupe style kind of flavor. It's got a little bit of sourness to it perhaps, which kind of lingers through into the finish. This is good. This is an enjoyable beer. Yeah, um, I, I I haven't sampled a lot of Beavertown. Uh, I don't know why, but it never jumps out at me at the shop. Um, I've never not like liked them, but I'm re- I'm actually quite surprised by this. I off the top, I really like it in a, in a way I wasn't suspecting. Expecting. Do you, do you think it's because we we normally go for the big bottle, especially if we're doing an episode together in the same room where we're going to share mm. a bottle? We normally pick sort of a six hundred, uh, yeah, that is true, a, a pint size bottle, so. We sort yeah. of overlook the um, the cans, the can only ones, which, um, as we talked about two weeks ago, is becoming uh, more often. Yes. Who was it that just said they were switching to cans? Uh, Cloudwater. Cloudwater, right? Yeah, yeah, going to cans, but they're going to the um, sort of the tall boys. Yeah, um, the five hundred. Oh, look cans, at you using the tall boy expression. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's seeping in the North American sort of. Vernacular. Beer lingo is yeah, it's 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 getting there. It's getting there. Right, let's kick off with you, dude, because you've because uh, you've not been here for an episode. What mm-hmm. have you been playing? Um, I've been playing. Uh, my flatmates moved out, and I'm setting up my house. The game, IRL. Um, nice. Uh, but also, um, when I was uh, visiting a friend in the Netherlands two weekends ago. Yes. Yes. Um, she introduced me to a mobile game called 2048, um, which is quite addictive. Um, okay. It's basically you start with a, I think it's um, the beginner grid, I think it's a 4x4, four four, might be a 6x6. Six six. Uh, it's kind of Sudoku-esque, but you start with a grid, and one of the tiles on it um, is the number 2. Yeah. And you swipe up left, right, or or. Write her down. It's a really way way weird to say that. <laughs> this is not a good start to the episode. Um, up left, write her down, and the tile will go until it hits something, basically. But every time okay. you swipe, another two tile comes. Yeah. And when tiles of the same type are swiped together, so two twos hit, hit each other, or two fours, but not three twos. Three twos will be a collapse uh, into two twos and a two. Right, right. They go into the next. They they combine to be a four, eight, okay, sixteen, yep, yep. and you're okay. trying to get to twenty forty eight in the in the level before it fills up. Because every time you swipe a direction, one of the empty slots turns into a two. Yes. So you have to sort of it's it's quite a good blend of, um, sort of mobile mini game swipery and mm. strategery because you know that somewhere a two is going to show up, and it's and as soon as you you know it starts filling up. Um, you've got multiple things moving at a time, and you have to try and figure out, oh, I'm now building up to a 64 in this corner, probably, but 
the other 60, the 164 I already have is over here. And how do I make sure that I'm not building two islands because I'm not, like, I'm just going to lose if I can't get those 64s to smash into each other to become a 128. That makes does sense. the, so does the, uh, does the grid grow? Then? Uh, no. So the level is basically like, I haven't beat the first level. Um, and it's get to 2048. Hence the name. Um, but yeah. there are other difficulty settings, which basically mean a larger grid. Mm-hmm. I think it goes up to nine by nine. Yeah. Um, I haven't got there because I'm still on whatever level I am. But yeah, I, I, I found it a very good quick fix game for I want to poke at my phone, but don't want to Facebook. So I just need like to not just to phase out for a while. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It's and and take it's, your mind off things. Yeah. And it's free. Uh, it's ad supported, which gets annoying when the ad pops up. But I mean, such is life. So mm. that's my, my my mini game update. Um, nice. Uh, if you do, you have a small chuckle. I don't have a small game. The the two games I've been playing are quite. Uh, well, they're both sort of open world games. Um, mm. Quite large, in fact. Um, I suppose the first one is a continuation of what I was saying in the last episode, uh, which is Gravity Rush. Right. Um, which I know you've played. On on the on the the best Sony console thing ever made. That's not true. That's the PSP. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the successor. Vita. Yes, yes. yes. Well, I'm, I'm playing the uh, remastered version on uh, PlayStation Four. Uh, I'm not sure what they did for the remastered version. Whether it was just an upgrade to the engine to make it look a little bit sharper. Um, um, yeah, that and minor control scheme tweaks because you have slightly different um, uh, yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And the um, the remastered version also contains, I think, three DLC packs which came out, which were, which essentially are just a few side missions and a couple of costumes to Ooh. be able to um, to be able to use. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what Gravity Rush is, um, which you, you probably do because you've probably seen Gravity Rush two being advertised advertised quite a lot lately uh, but gravity rush is a uh, it's an open world game where gravity is a mechanic i suppose you could say it's um sorry i just my mind went to this idea that like uh the plane's not working you gotta take it to the mechanics and then he <laughs> does a little twisting of the screwdriver and then gravity kicks back in the right direction and the plane can fly They're away off. yeah Exactly, exactly. Um, you are you're what you called you called Cat. Uh, you're a young girl who doesn't really remember anything. You've appeared in this Whoa, town. What a you don't novel know where concept you are. in games. Sorry, yeah, well, exactly, yeah. Amnesia, I bet it's not from this? Japanese Japan. God, wow. Japanese. Until, I said I bet it's not from Japanese. Instead, of, no, no. I was going to say I bet it's not a Japanese game. And ah, oh. anyway, <laughs> I'll cut this out. By that, yes. I'll forget. You won't. You won't do nothing. Um, and you, you have a small. Well, they call you cat, and you also have a small cat with you who appears when you wake up. Uh, and basically, you get powers from this cat, and you're able to um, just disregard gravity completely. Yeah. Um, you can shift your center of gravity, so you can suddenly be um, on a wall, and you can run across the wall. You can fly through the air. You can do attacks through the air. Uh, and essentially, the game is. Um, uh, about doing a few missions which mainly revolve around killing monsters that have appeared yes. in this town. Um, but it's it's fun. It's a nice, light action game. The gravity mechanic makes it a little bit different than any, any sort of brawler. Um, I suppose the closest thing you could liken it to would be something like um, Devil May Cry, that kind of style game right. but the mechanic of gravity just makes it that much different that it doesn't really compare to anything else yeah, it doesn't it isn't quite as like combo score focused though i would say no that's very true that's very true um, it's not got that hack and slash element to it um but i mean it, it it's a pretty looking game especially for something that's been ported over from the vita but the the one big draw it has is when you start a mission it will go into almost a comic strip style scene and they are very beautifully drawn. Uh, you get these nice title is a chapter and you have this lovely title card, which sits up and sort of says 
you know, chapter two gives you the, the name of the mission that you're on and we'll have this lovely painted image um, and that really draws you in because the the graphical style of the game itself is trying to ape that painted that hand-drawn kind of almost ghibli-esque yeah i was gonna aesthetic. say it's it's so it's uh it's definitely sort of the more manga style anime is what it, it just sort yeah, of sparks yeah. off um yeah i i didn't actually finish it and i ended up um because the version you have exists I ended up trading in my Vita game uh, in the big trade of 2016. 16, yeah. Um, because I figured, because they, you know, the cartridge was actually going to get me quite a bit of money back. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I figured I would find it on a sale um, on either the Vita or the, the PS4 on, on a, a dirt cheap at some point, I'm hoping. Um, you got it on a digital download sale, right? I did. Um I think, um, what did I say? I told Lucy, because I'd had my 20% discount code as well, it right. worked out. It's something like £8. Yeah. Roughly. Um, and it's it gave me uh, an evening's worth of uh, of gaming. Uh, an evening, fucking hell. A week of evenings worth of gaming. I was going to say, wow, I, I swear yeah. I played it quite a bit. and I, I didn't... Smashed through it in just one four-hour setting. No, I mean, I did, I, I did everything. Actually, um, I, I platinumed it um Exciting. just just through the natural um natural play i suppose um the the only few trophies i went back to do um were in the you you part of the game you go to a different place shall we say um and during uh, your stay in this different place you encounter or you can encounter a hidden rare monster um, and there's some trophies for defeating those. Right. Um, and I went back to get those when I sort of realized that um, that was all I had to do. Um, so it, it's it's a, you know, it's a nice game to almost 100 percent because it comes very easily. It becomes it comes very naturally just through the progression um, that you make through the game. Um, and it's 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 a fun game. It's really fun. Uh, I don't think you get much replay out of it. I, I I won't go back to it. I wouldn't imagine there's too many other things to do. Yeah, um, that's actually why. Um, uh, one of the reasons I figured I'd get rid of the cart was because yeah, I, I didn't think there'd be a reason to keep that around, and if the cart was still worth money at the time. Um, I have to say, still like uh, one of the mechanics that still sticks in my head is the one where you instead of just like standing on a wall where like you're basically just changing sort of the pitch of gravity, if you will, mm, where mm. you sort of pick a spot and that becomes a gravity center. Yes. And that attracts other things, doesn't it? Um, Trash and shit flies around. Is that correct? Or am I making that up? No, no, no. There is a, um, an ability, I think on uh, PS4, it's mapped to circle where you, you, you basically create a gravity well around yourself. And yes, yeah. anything in a, a very small vicinity, because it's also got an upgrade system to upgrade right. all of these uh, oh, moves totally that you can do. Merging the two is what I was doing. Merging the two. Yeah, the the gravity well uh, and the like. I'm gonna click here and then it'll shoot me over there. Power. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. You can pick up items essentially and carry them around with you. Or I think if you tap circle again, it flings them at nearby enemies or, you know, in the direction that you're looking in. Um, but yeah, as I said, it's a fun game. One that you should definitely check out. Um, I, I, I've not played two. I hear that it's much the same. If not, you know, it's built for PS4 this time. So graphically, it's probably a little sharper. Um, might run a little bit better. It's probably optimized even more for um, for play on a on a control pad rather than you know ported over to, to from a Vita. Um, Do you so know if it stars Cat? It it does star Cat. There is also another character in the first game called Raven, who mm, I believe yes. you do get to play as in the second game as well. So okay. it does introduce. Um, Another Wait, playable did, character. Did you say Raven or Raiden? Ra Raven. Oh, I thought she you were going to play as Raiden have... in the second episode. Yeah, she doesn't the have a sword. 
they do that just to fuck people off, don't they? Start the first 30 minutes as cat and then jump into Raven just to see how people react. Yeah. Um, awesome. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it, surely. Well, they might. Having not finished it, did did it end in a way that leaves things fairly open but satisfying, um, I guess, is it, the question? It, it, it's almost... The, because I suppose it had done it in um, the missions in chapters, it kind of it felt like uh, a, an anime series. So you were doing, you know, an episode, and it finished off rounding up what you were doing and the story that it was telling, yeah. but still leaving it open for more stories to be told. Right. As such, you know, the the. <sighs> Gonna, I was going to say things that might be spoilers if you do want to play it, I suppose. So ah, yeah, perhaps no, I perhaps okay. I shouldn't. But but yeah, it's um it, it rounds it off nicely. Um, I, I I it doesn't have this almost rushed finish that I feel <laughs> that a lot of sort of smaller games have. What what? Ben's favorite thing about Gravity Rush is it's no there's no rush. No, there's it's no. just gravity. <laughs> No, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. The, the yeah, final of sort of mission isn't um, something completely different. It's not it's like a not, slapped on. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've run out of time. We better finish this quickly. It's you know, it's 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 a thought about sort of final mission that kind of pulls a lots of things that you do through the game together. Right. So it, it fits really well with it. So would um, you say the narrative is um, like there's sufficient RPG elements to make it feel like an RPG versus sort of a action platformer no not really um you've got a, a small amount of of upgrading um you upgrade using gems that you collect through the world and the which, yes yes she is there with her band um, of brothers <laughs> just link every sentence possible no that would take far too long i to wouldn't sell you on that oh no um <laughs> oh come on sell you on that zelda link yeah, I'm the yeah, best. Like, that yeah, was like my yeah. best ever. It wasn't that great. Okay. You've, um, you've peaked. That's it. You've peaked. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's a, a, a light upgrading system. Um, and it's essentially just you've got a kick attack, plunge 100 gems into upgrading it to level two, and, and that then, is it. And, and then you know, she that's... starts wearing stilettos, and then the kick gets more powerful. Exactly. And then she gets into platforms. So it's a, it's a heavier kick, does a little bit more damage. A little slower to jump, but, you know, yeah, she controls yeah. gravity, so. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, inertia. you were saying earlier what? that you've you've got this new setup as such. Right, yeah. In your in your flat. Um, and I know that you've got, you know, the, the, the way you've, you've set it up is you've got your three VR headsets. And you've got some. You've got your, your consoles all sat nicely, either in the unit that you've got, or or sat just behind with your and, PC. And by that you mean the the console that fits in the little. It's like a IKEA um, coffee table that has six cubbies, mm, um, mm. and the only thing that fits in it is the PS4. Um, and it's not even a slim or pro or whatever majigger. So the no. Xbox uh, just is behind, as is the PC. And that's fine. And then the top three cubbies are the ridiculous headset um, situation, such that you can just grab the headset and and it and pull it out, and then the wire will reel out, and it's already all is hooked up. All is hooked up. So you've got this nice setup now, which is going to make it really easy for you to, you know, just just pull something out and play with it. That sounds really fucking bad. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's it's. Built for ease, I suppose. However, have you actually used it yet? Um, you know, but that's because, uh, <laughs> um, well, it's partially because it's mostly because of uh, me procrastinating and not playing anything because I should have been marking, but then listening to other podcasts and sort of poking at marking for too long. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, the 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 main reason I wanted to have it with that ease of setup is because I think that's the biggest um, drawback to VR is like, it feels like such a to do to set it up or it's just yeah, like lying yeah. in a heap in your living room all the time. And so mm. being able to have it aesthetically either basically 
minimum minimally uh noticeable but like you can just grab it and put it on um is, seems like the way forward for that um i was actually thinking of um putting on the vr psvr um uh earlier today and then i remembered that i made a promise before christmas that i would try a crazy sounding game so i had to not do that and instead um, we can might as well call this the Japan episode because I played Hyper Dimension Neptunia. Oh, um, the one I talked about before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The it's a it's a action RPG. It takes place in the world of game game industry. Wow, G A M I N D U S T R I. And it's divided by four regions, um, into four regions ruled by a CPU. And the CPU is, I can't remember the fucking pun and it doesn't matter. Um, but so uh, th- this is this is the game where all of the characters are based on consoles. Yes. So the four um, regions are ruled by these four CPUs who are in perpetual uh, war fighting for shares in the world. Um, and these goddesses, uh, and um, so they're participating in the console war. Oh no! Um, and you have the um, busty, blasé, green lean box. Okay. You've got um, the um, very rude, um, mouthy, but underdeveloped. Uh, Young, so undeveloped, especially in anime concerns. Um, Lowee. <laughs> and then you've got the very sort of um, less busty, but posh and kind of, uh, yeah, sort of posh stick up her ass, Last Station. And then oh you have the hero of the game, Planeptune. And Planeptune, the game starts with the four fighting, and it turns out that some mysterious force is uh, talking to the other three, and they've conspired to knock the Neptune the fuck out. She comes crashing into her world, and now she's sort of just a regular old person and doesn't look all anime and hasn't have her fancy sword and stuff, and she doesn't remember anything. And she is... Oh, really? She doesn't remember anything? That's a strange concept. Yeah, that's why I... (laughs) Um, But but in this case, we know her story, which is different. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, she represents the cancelled Sega Neptune. Yeah. The the uh, sequel to the Dreamcast that most people probably don't know existed, that never happened, and then Sega became just software. And you, she's the protagonist, and she gets um, uh, picked up by uh, one of the denizens of her land, Compi, Compa, <laughs> something like that. And that person is a nurse, and she literally nurses her back to help. Uh, health, and then you go and you like go around your land, leveling up and and getting different plans, which upgrade your CPU, and you're being guided by the mysterious force Histoire, who is gonna, in return for freeing her, gives you mo- more memory space, which means you can add more uh, plans that you find. Right. So the first like mission, you get sixty four megs more, and so it's, it's gone. They, I was going to say, they've really gone all in on this concept, haven't they? Oh, yeah, and it's like, it's anime game, like, the all the dialogue and stuff is mostly done through, like, visual novel style, like, okay, um, flat screens, except the, the mouths move. Oh, right, okay, that's, that's um, a bit different. Yeah, but um, it's also all kinds of ridiculous fan service. Um, so, yeah, yeah. a lot of gratuity, and including a when Neptune, who is called Nep-Nep by her savior, um, when, uh, needs to be bandaged up, she has to strip her clothes off, and then there's a scene where she's just in bandages strategically placed, but then th- she's like, oh, it's so tight, it's so tight, You're, I'm losing my breath. And it actually like animates some squeezing and some jiggling on both of them. And I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm so glad my, my blinds are drawn, because this is, this is too much. Like, this is... <laughs> Like I like my anime. I recognize that a lot of it has fan service, which is what it is. But this was like so gratuitous that I'm like, I can't. Like I know most of this is irony and stuff, but 
Yeah, that's not irony. That's more. It's, that's more like legit fan service rather than. Yeah. This is a thing we're making fun of. Uh, so. It's a level of awkward gratuity as well, yeah. isn't it? It's sort of. It's some gratuitous scenes you can kind of just brush off, but <laughs> some, some gratuitous scenes make you want to brush off. Ooh, I was gonna say sometimes it, it's just awkward. Yeah, and you feel you know that that slight sense of embarrassment, I suppose. Um, that you, th- you think if someone if someone comes in now, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be really awkward. Oh yeah, I, I was don't like, know oh, how to explain this. I'm glad I didn't start this when Sam was still living in the house. Um, <laughs> so uh, I am gonna play some more of it. Um, yeah, not for those scenes, but because it's so ridiculous, and I'm really curious how they will actually like what the plot points are. Yeah. Wow, I yep. sound like one of those people. You know, uh, oh, I read Playboy for the articles. No, I really mean I want to <laughs> see what the plot points are. I, cause, and there's like four sequels already. Wow. And the, so it's not that like amazing gameplay-wise mechanics. It's a nice little sort of turn-ish based um, action RPG. So yeah. you're, you, all your enemies you could see, you can run up to them. And if you hit attack while, you're, while they're facing away, you get a surprise attack and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of starts the combat, and then you're in basically a circle. Um, yep. So it's the same space, but it's bound by a circle. And if you go to that circle, you can use flee. And then in front of each of your characters is sort of a, a rectangle, which rec- um, represents where they can attack. So you run the the person, or you run your character over until they're highlighted over the uh, enemy or enemies you want to attack, and then you yep. hit A X Y or whatever. Um, and then it switches, and the top right is sort of a, a little cards of the attack order, mm-hmm. so you know who's attacking when, and each, you know each person has special abilities. Blah blah blah. Standard RPG garbage. Standard, yeah, yeah. But like, it's enough actually. Like I was, I, that was the one thing I was worried about because I figured it would be just stupid enough that I want to see more, but I wasn't sure if I would want to go through cr- sloppy gameplay. And yeah. So far, it's pretty okay. good. Um, nice. So nice. I, I those are that's my main gaming moment, which was earlier today. But the marking is done, the teaching is until Thursday, and that I've already started prepping for. So I'm I'm back in the in the regular tanked up regime. Excellent, excellent. As such, then let's crack another beer. You're ready with your second glass. Yeah, because I'm that cool. Um, we are drinking the More Beer Company. Imperial Entanglement, an Imperial Red Ale for the Rogue One. Oh, wow. Now, Rogue One was supposed to be pretty good. Um, Still not seen it. I mean, neither, which surprises me, because I saw um, Ep 7 four times in the theaters for various reasons. Um, I saw it twice. Um, I saw it on the first showing available um but babies have a way of ruining those sorts of moments yeah my house uh exploded and then i was um in canada visiting family uh and then i was moving back here and blah 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 life Um, so this uh, as always sorry as always this uh the moor has the weird sort of texture on their beer yeah it's a it's um 9.7%. 9.7%. Uh, again, they don't say a huge a lot, although I do notice that um, they do have at the end of their um, sort of uh, contact stuff, it's uh, join the banter. Hashtag drink more beer. I'm saying more Ooh. just to be clear about what the hashtag is. Obviously, yeah, more. Yeah. Um, and then the rest is standard stuff. It is. Um, it is. Uh, it's it, this. Obviously, one of their Star Wars series beers, um, which all have a, a slightly neon outline to the text. Yeah. So you um, know that it is a, a Star Wars inspired beer. Um, this one has got a lovely nose to it. I haven't got there yet. Um, I lovely will say, but sweetness. it is opaque as fuck. Yeah. Well, man. it's got it's slightly translucent. Like if you hold it up to the to the light, I was going to say the sun. Um, <laughs> Uh, you can I can see my fingers through it held up into the light, but like no details. It's quite quite dark. Mm, it's got that slightly red edge to it, um, which is quite quite brown. Uh, oh, it's it got a nice little malty hit to the nose. 
just mm. just near the end of the nose. Yeah, yeah. But I will say uh, the nose is quite sedate. Isn't the word I'm looking for? Yeah, it'll do. And that's that's a nice flavour. You you get the nose on the on the taste as well. It's got a little bit of a sweetness to it. A little mm. malty. Yeah, but it's got, a, it, it's got a, almost this. Like that sweetness comes through in the finish, and it sits very nicely. Yeah, it's, the it's end. a then little dry. Yeah, but there's something else as well in the finish. The finish doesn't quite... have it, but right before okay. the finish, there's this tang that I got. And it might just be residual other beer in my lips, but I don't think so. No, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It's almost, it's almost got a... Like a, uh, like a roasted sort of sense yeah, to it. I think that's it. The, the 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 maltiness is isn't just sort of a standard maltiness. It does it has that sort of slight burnt sort of. T- yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That sweet malt, but it definitely has that roasted sort of toffee um ness that sort of i think why what makes it hard to pick out is that the the regular sweetness of the malt is very it's very much there in the four and both yeah, of them definitely. sort of disappear in the after but right when the two are mixing that's where you get that that bit of that roastedness along with that hit of tang which i think might just be the interaction of like my taste buds with with the change in flavors Yes, yeah, it could be. It could be. It could also be the um, the slightly higher alcohol percentage as well. Um, you don't get a huge amount of the alcohol with it. No. You're not I, getting that at all. But I totally thought it was 9.7% until you reminded me. Yes. Um, so let's let's talk our, our topic. A little bit of beer chat for you. Um, it's a shame that Lucy's not on this week because she actually linked us to uh, an article written in The Guardian about how a weak pound caused by Brexit will threaten craft beer. Um, And the article goes into a a decent amount of detail about sort of rising costs in terms of importing, I was going to say materials, but ingredients. um, That's materials. Materials, yes. Um, And and how it's, it's a little more difficult for people to grow when their pricing is increasing for for those ingredients yet the, the the price in pubs and places like that probably won't raise won't rise the same amount that well they they can't because i mean we're we're not exactly we weren't in a strong bustling economy already and the weak dollar weak dollar the weak dollar pound uh is is slowing things down Mm. And craft brews are are already a premium versus regular beer. Yeah, I, mean, I just don't. There's not a lot of room for the pub to charge. Yeah, completely. And they can't, I mean, they can't afford. They're not going to chew into their own margin. But that's that's it. It's it's the idea that either the consumer pays a little bit more for the upkeep of quality, so maintaining mm. sort of the the imported hops or barley's. Um, uh, and just paying, you know, whether it's 50 pence more a, a drink or, or something like that. But uh, essentially, they, we, we kind of almost had this conversation when we spoke about Cloudwater coming away from doing cask ale. Yeah. That part of that was that people aren't prepared to pay that a little bit more for sort of for, for a, a pint in a pub. Um, and it, there needs to be sort of a shift in mentality, or at least this is what the brewers were saying in how people think about sort of craft beer and the prices they're willing to pay, which is, is fine. And that works for the brewer. It allows them to keep their margins, to keep making beer. It allows them to grow as well. Mm-hmm. However, my, my sort of, my concern to that is that it, it's not only going to be beer whose prices will be rising. It's going to be anything that is imported. Of course. Into I mean, the country. Yes. <laughs> so nail on the head yeah so my money is not going as far as it was my you know wages in this country will not go up just because companies have to pay a little bit more to import goods no they'll go down because the companies need to pay more and they can't exactly to pay you. so i'm already in a position 
when things are starting to, to, to cost more where I can afford less. I, I maybe can't afford, uh, you know, one extra point pint a week. I've got to cut back a little bit on my, you know, my luxury items, which essentially craft beer is. You know, if we didn't do no, this no, podcast... That's, I was just say, that's part of your job, sir. Well, it is unpaid, yes, yes. volunteer, hard-to-schedule yes. job. If I didn't do this, then I wouldn't drink quite as much as i do um craft beer or in I, general I, craft but craft beer craft because <laughs> uh, what it sounded like was you were blaming me and our tens of listeners that. for your alcoholism no i'd still drink as much it would just be shit quality i was gonna beer. say i drink more because <laughs> i wouldn't drink more because they're a craft brewer you would not sir. i would i would drink uh larger amounts of lesser beer because i wouldn't be sated taste wise completely completely um and it's it's just that yes maybe people do need to think more about the the price that they pay for you know a luxury item and that's fine but then the brewer needs to understand that people aren't going to buy as much maybe that then impacts on the amount of money that they're making you know suddenly if you're buying i don't know take a take a, a 10 pints a week from one brewer suddenly prices go up and you can only afford nine pints a week they're probably not making quite as much on slightly more expensive nine pints as they are on a slightly less expensive 10 pints so it's it's kind of it's a it's a huge balancing act yeah that, that they really need to get right and if prices do go up they've really got to get that increase sort of spot on so everyone's a winner almost well that's not going to happen because the price is increasing and no one no one in this country is profiting from that right like that's yeah that's the yeah. problem if you're talking about a pint at the pub the margin on craft beers is already shit so that's not going to help any of the three the pub the um brewer or the customer if talking about um cans and bottles uh it's a little better but again most of the problem is the fact that we just don't have for space uh demand and environment uh by that i mean um um growing season soil all that garbage what yep, you can yep. grow make here sure. um we don't have the uh, ability uh or, or uh, to to have that variety of hops barleys etc grown here so they have to be imported and yeah I mean that's the one thing that um, the, I think the big reason why the the craft brewing explosion of the past few decades in in um, the United States was was such a became a thing was because people actually needed a, a reason to deal with all that extra wheat barley fields when um, the lobbies sort of lost some of their strength. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um, and and then it was like, oh, I, I'm a small farmer. I'll just make this boutique grow and sell it to these mm-hmm. people, and uh, it'll be a nice premium-ish market. And then more people joined the game, and then it became less less small and more large time sort of growing of the essential ingredients are still sort of corporately made, but um, but but how they're dealt with is is sort of quote unquote small guy, um, yeah. and we just can't do that here because you know North America is the land of space. Trust me. Completely. Yeah. yeah. And by that, I, I mean, I mean, it's not above the atmosphere. <laughs> not on, not on the earth. Yeah. Still very much earth. Just lots of yes, earth. Yes. Um, so I, I suppose our, or my, my stance at least is yeah, I'll pay a little defensive. bit more. I, I d- Who? You're, you're using your defensive stance. I am walk. using my defensive stance. I've got my arms wide, my feet sort of shoulder width apart ready to take on the charge of price hikes or just a tiny sorry. little increase. Thanks to hyper-devotion, hyper-dimension, sorry. Uh, um, now, any industry is just a weird mini-game to me. So, <laughs> My stance on craft beer right, used to be aggressive. Now it's defensive. But no matter what, taking up the shield. I'm still in it for the XP. And some nights, <laughs> I enjoy the grind. Oh, nice. Definitely enjoying the grind tonight. These are two very good beers. Oh, these aren't grinds. These are just special, fun, happy sub-quests. Um, so, uh, you know, have you got a closing thought, closing remark? Um, it sucks. Brexit yeah. was a mistake. We all know this. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, it's not 
it's um it's actually sort of probably good to start seeing these articles this early on yeah I definitely think that'll help influence people because regardless of what people say parliament has to actually enact garbage and they could just fly in the face of things i don't think they will for very stupid political reasons but i think um this just helps keep the nonsense on the radar versus um what easily happens in this day and age is the the media cycle turns over and people get a shittier living situation and they just get used to it yeah i i yeah unfortunately yeah does seem to be the way of things um but let's not dwell on that let's let's talk about which of the beers this evening Ooh. was your favorite i i've been thinking about it for you know as we've been talking about beer been thinking about it and whilst we've not drunk a huge amount or i've not drunk a huge amount of the the more which is a very nice beer um it's got that lovely oh sweetness lovely maltiness if they ever I'm, do an ad campaign a video ad campaign i'm sorry i interrupted you but if they don't do that scene from oliver <laughs> they right should do it. they should have they should have the scene from oliver where he walks up says please sir whatever he says please sir uh, can i have please, some sir, more my, and then that guy goes what more and then i just yes, i'd love it more he, and then and then the kid like points the can at his head yeah. oh man oh there's so many ways you can go it should be the series that has that same start but then how it finishes after he says yes more whether he like points with a smile to a can of more on the shelf or like then he gets knocked in the head by the can uh it would just be the like different endings we could be in advertising. We oh, could yeah. be in advertising, but I mean, we might only influence us. That's very true. Um, right, but I'd buy what a can of more if I saw that. What was I saying? Beaver Town, Looper Lloyd. I think that's my pick for tonight. Um, tell me why. <laughs> Ain't nothing but a heartache. It had a lovely flavour. It did. It was. It was. Um, I think with this more. I don't know whether it's the highest, higher percentage, but I think one can would be enough. Whereas the Looperloid, I think I could have several of. Um, it's, you know, my standard. I can drink lots of these, so therefore it is the one I will pick. Which is hilarious given our previous conversation, talking about quality and not wanting just dregs beer. Um, I know what you're saying. I'm yes, just making yes. fun of you. Also explaining how this works, this interaction I... of ours. What beer would you choose? Oh, it's tough. Um, the more I, I'm going to show you this glass, and you're going to see that it's basically a fifth done, if that. Yeah, yeah, well, um, I'm similar. Uh, and water. I was while while you were trying to make your point, and I was hijacking things, uh, a rarity I know. Um, I thought, is this because I'm sated by the taste, mm. or is it because I'm not grabbed by the taste? Yeah. Um, and that I think will make or break the decision between the two. Um, and I think it's really tasty. I think if I hadn't, if the Lubaloy didn't have sort of the nuance it did, which is, 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 um, where I think it's set apart from a lot of this, a lot of the standard craft IPAs we've had, it sort of had, it had things going on, um, in, in, in the sense of like, it was really smooth from start to finish, mm. um, start to finish a finish um yeah, but yeah. you but at the same time the you, you there wasn't a oh and now i'm in the finish like it was very smooth transition but a lot yeah, happened yeah. but not in a way that you were like wow all these things and i think the moor is sort of the opposite of that in that not in a bad way but like it, you could clearly tell here's the foretaste here's sort of where all the things are together now i'm clearly in the finish and it's just going to fade away yeah it didn't, um, didn't flow quite as well yeah, and and I think uh, it's really easy to be taken in by like big flavors, and we're both big fans of them. Hence, mm -hmm. all of the IPAs. Mm -hmm. And I think the that sort of subtle, um, nuanced flow of the Beaver Town is something that I I don't I don't n notice as often. Partly because it's not a thing, because it's subtle, but also because I think it's it's actually quite hard to pull off that sort of. Yeah, no, I yeah, I agree. Oh wait, nice. now it's kind of different. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Um, so, I've got to go and see a lady about a baby. So, let's hey. finish up the episode with just our Twitters, if people want to get hold of us. Um, oh, what I'm if they want first... to get hold of both of us? 
I am, well, uh, both of us would be at tanked up underscore cast. If you'd like to get hold of me, I'm at Nova underscore 47. We love our underscores. And Adol, you are? I don't have an underscore. Am I still in the club? No. Goodbye. No. Um, well, then just reach me on Twitch where I'm the underscore Omniarch. <laughs> um, for all the other things, I'm at the Omniarch. Or just the Omniarch, if there's no at signs involved. Add me to your Steam, Twitch, Xbox, PSN. All those things are back online here in the Bristopia. Nice. Um, and um, as all, you hear on all your podcasts, please, if you haven't yet, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or just a review on iTunes, um, especially for sort of an elderly podcast such as ourselves in the ripe old age of 60, late 60s. Late 60s. Um, uh... Yeah. yeah. Um, it's actually quite hard to, to get noticed in the iTunes algorithm without sort of reviews coming in. So if you haven't, it'd be really nice. Plus, uh, I haven't read them in a while, and I found out there's a way you can get the different countries um, aggregated so we can actually tell when things happen in iTunes stores that we don't see all the time. Nice, um, that's, good. So that's good. I, and uh, if you want, send us longer feedback than tweets. No, I've got to up. go. <laughs> I'm literally just finishing. Tankedup.cast at gmail.com. The Twitter. No, it's too late now. You've got me talking. You're right, making it worse. We're going. We've been tanked up. We've been? Up. Oh, goodbye. Fuck off. Yeah, bye. I'm adding more. <laughs> Take care. Say hi to Kim and, and E for me. Coaches, cool, dude. Catch you in a bit. Bye. Uh... <laughs> I might not know what it is, but I will be able to no, see. Uh... You've got no idea. I could be saying absolutely anything about you. I could be talking about your luscious hair, your rugged good looks, excellent fashion sense. You'd have no idea. No idea. Small idea. But really no idea.